this is WTM Watch This Movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-T-M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Push it. Push it. Push it real good. The other voice you hear is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. Call me Lone Wolf. I think very highly of myself. And I've also earned it. Sorry, Lone Wolf. <laughs> Mr. Positivity is an unironic nickname. <laughs> you are. I mean, you're just a beacon of light at work. Always. <laughs> Especially today. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at the sunny side of life. Mm-hmm. That's you in a nutshell. It's like that guy on the Good Feet Store commercial. I was born with a sunny disposition. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. And then he went to the, he then he lost his sunny, and then uh, the Good Feet Store got him his sunny back. Mm. He's like seventy. <laughs> Yeah, um, today's episode is going to be a recently seen episode, and then next week, I think we're going to take the week off, Thanksgiving. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Pause for dramatic effect. I was buffering. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long day. Speaking of Thanksgiving, it's been a long week, long month. <laughs> Let's give out some thanks. First and foremost to Movie Drone, our old friends from across the pond. You know, they ran our promo again. And so I'm going to run theirs again right now. I'm doing it. All right. Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films, and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen, in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google search us to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature. Mark's movie impressions. Oh, I hope you've forgotten it too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one? I hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. Oh, you not fun. Oh, you not fun. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> and if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. But yeah, they uh, they mentioned our store... Plugged our store, plugged our merch. Yeah. And congrats to them on being in the top 10 in the UK on uh, Apple Podcasts. Top 10? I thought they were number 15. I thought they got in the top 10. I don't know. I was looking at that screenshot that uh, they posted. I, thought, I listened today. I thought they said 15. Well, let's try and ride those coattails <laughs> up the charts with them. <laughs> let's do it. 
I think we started charting in Ghana after they did. <laughs> well, if there's one thing people in Ghana appreciate, it's positivity. <laughs> you think? Well, you know, their favorite son, Kofi Kingston, of the New Day, <laughs> had the power of positivity. So do we. Yeah. Well, half of us. We haven't really been charting for a while. We got up to, uh, we got up pretty high in the U.S. I was pretty pumped. And then it was like, after that, everyone was like, nope, don't want it. I guess. So we're just kind of talking to ourselves right now. Yep. Pretty much. I mean, that's just what we were doing before. So <laughs> might as well keep doing it. But yeah, um, after we come back from our little break, early December, when's December 1st? What day is that? Uh, like Monday or Tuesday. So yeah, the next episode will come out in December. It actually might be a Sunday. That might be our first uh, Christmas episode. Probs. We know for sure we're going to do Lethal Weapon. We promised you that back in our <laughs> Summer of Sam. Yeah, we almost forgot, but then we didn't. Yeah. We have uh, some other movies we're thinking about doing. We also have episode 200 coming up yeah that's how the numbers work so you're on episode 196 right and uh yeah 200 comes shortly after that that it does sometime in december i have a degree in counting so well we could have taken more time off in december well it's technically accounting (laughs) but uh same thing (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, more to come on episode 200 with a special guest. And then uh, yeah, January, we might be doing some some cold movies. Yeah, uh, the weather got excited about that and got cold like three months early. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it was because Jane Fonda kept getting arrested <laughs> at those protests about global warming. Yeah. And then the earth was like, Holy shit, Jane Fonda is getting arrested. I better cool down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, more to come on that uh, in our next episode. Maybe we'll announce on Twitter because I'm not sure if we're going to do Lethal Weapon for that first episode back after next week. We might. We, we might, might not. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a surprise Christmas movie. It's a mystery. I can uh, almost guarantee that it will not be Bone Alone the fuck is bone alone (laughs) was on twitter i asked for uh, some movie christmas movie suggestions and bone alone was suggested it's about a dog (laughs) who gets left alone for christmas but it's also known as alone for christmas (laughs) had an aka i i guess so edge of tomorrow live die repeat I've actually I've actually seen it. It's not very good. You've seen it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not called Bone Alone when I saw it though. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well it's it's like I guess it's a spin off of Home Alone, but Yeah. Kind of a sequel and but totally different and unrelated. Plus it's a dog. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into what we've seen lately. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? 
why don't you go first, Brett, since uh, I'm completing the movie challenge today for Pink Floyd, The Wall. The movie. I don't know if it is the movie. I didn't When I looked it up on IMDb, it didn't say the movie. It just said Pink Floyd, The Wall. It says it in the opt-in credits. Okay. I think. <laughs> it says it somewhere. Maybe it was on the trailer. I think I watched the trailer. Uh, so I watched a, uh, 2019 foreign film. Oh, good for you. And how was it? It was called Parasite. I've been wanting to see that for quite a while. Directed by Bong Joon-ho. Your favorite. It's got a, a different name. Uh, stars, I don't even, should I even attempt this? Yeah. Stars a bunch of Korean actors. Kang Ho Song, Sun Kyun Lee, Yo Jong Jo, Wu Sik Choi, Haya Jin Jang, Sodan Park, Ji So Jung, Jahi Lee. I'm going to stop there. Synopsis All unemployed. Kaitaik and his family take peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks as they ingratiate themselves into their lives and get entangled in an unexpected incident. Yeah, so this is subtitled. So, I'm pat myself on the back for that one. Oh, good for you! <laughs> uh... I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it. It was pretty well made. Uh, actually, it was really well made. Um, the story came together pretty great. Um, I just don't think it was uh, like I've heard, I've heard a lot of praise for it. And uh, although I enjoyed it, I don't think it's exactly the masterpiece that people have been saying that it is. I will say that the uh, the characters for the most part, are, I would say, unlikable, at least in my opinion. I didn't uh, I didn't care for a lot of the characters because a lot of them do shitty things throughout the whole movie. They lie. They're, they're liars. They're abusers. Could you say they're rather parasitic? Oh, the, yeah, the poor family <laughs> is for sure. And the name kind of fits because of how their storyline plays out. But even the family that they're they're uh, kind of um, infiltrating, if you will, mm-hmm. like even they, like uh, they're not like the best people either. They're uh, there's obviously obviously a a bit of a disdain for lower class people, um, but. Uh, yeah, just throughout, like, there's there's at least one glaring negative quality about each character, and some of them have very little good qualities, mm-hmm. is what I got from it. The incident, I won't spoil. I'll leave that fresh for everybody. It was somewhat surprising, but not, like, shocking to me. It was just something that happened that didn't seem that, uh, that you know... It it was unusual, but it didn't seem like it was that, uh, uh, it wasn't very, like, surprising, I guess you could say. It was, uh, like, it made sense. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, well, I guess that, uh, that happened just because it happened, 
but <laughs> like it fits in the story. Um, but overall, I think it's worth watching. Uh, so I'll give Parasite a WTM eventually. All right. Eventually. And it has been a while since we've gone over the rating system, so let's do it again for our new listeners, as if we have any. (laughs) So we have kind of a unique rating system that's geared towards uh, the serious film lover, supposed to help them prioritize their movie viewing. And uh, it's a five-tiered rating system. You can think about it as a five-star rating system, but it's little different than that the tippy top uh, the very best of the best uh, is in the WTM ASAP category watch this movie as soon as possible these are iconic films old classics rarely we do put uh, new movies in there as well we usually at least give uh, our favorite movies of the year this rating and then uh, on other rare occasions if we just are blown out of the water it's only happened a few times on the show Mm-hmm. We watched a new movie and gave it an ASAP rating. But um, next uh, tier down is the Soonish. These are all great films. And we recommend that you see them Soonish. The middle tier is the eventually category. It's kind of our official stamp of approval. Uh, we deem it to be worth your time and you should watch it eventually, you know, before you die type of a thing. Or if it's in the theater, watch it in the theater because that's always the best place to watch a film. And then you go one step lower to Last Resort. Those are movies that miss the cut. Some of them we might even like or have some uh, some redeeming qualities maybe. Maybe there's some campy fun to be had. Maybe it's just a movie that, you know, should have been good but wasn't. But, you know, it's not a, you know, you could do worse. Mm-hmm. And that worse is the dreaded never category. Watch this movie never. There's no reason to watch it. It's a big pile of shit. We watched it so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's also rare for us to give that rating to a movie because we typically know what we're going to like or not like. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't review every movie that comes out. That would suck. <laughs> yeah. Although it seems lately you've been watching every movie that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. There's a few that I haven't seen, but... Um... Even so, like, it's really hard to get a never because there's usually something in a movie that's kind of like, you know, well, I didn't like that movie, but uh, this thing was worth seeing. Yeah. You know, or, you know. You could see how somebody might like it. Yeah. The nevers are basically, like you said, just a complete waste of time. Like, Example I always give for the never category is Rocky Five. You ever heard of anyone talk about how great Rocky Five is? No. <laughs> no. I love the Rocky movies, but Rocky Five is a pile of shit, mm. and nobody needs to see it. Nobody talks glowingly of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a never. But, all right, let's, uh, let's move forward here. I'm going to talk about a movie you talked about last week, The Lighthouse. Finally saw the lighthouse. So I'll try and speed through it as uh, quick as I can since you talked about it last time. But directed by Robert Eggers, starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. 
Synopsis, two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living in a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. So yeah, black and white, 4-3, aspect ratio. Um, yeah, I didn't... Um, it didn't bother me at all. Like you said, I think it felt warranted. It didn't feel gimmicky to me. Right. I like think the, the setting helps with that and the time, you know. And I think the acting and story definitely play into that type of uh, aspect that they they went with as far as the black and white and yeah, doing the old style looking uh, film. Mm-hmm. And it being a horror movie, um, especially where, I don't know, maybe... Not quite half of it, but a good portion of the movie, there's a big storm, and it's pretty dark anyways. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of color to be seen around right. the island. Yeah. Yeah, great performances. I was a massive fan of The Witch. Uh, I didn't like this one quite as much, but still very well made. It's um, it's not. It's worth re- reading into it more, like afterwards. Yeah. Like, after I'm done watching it, I'm thinking, okay, I can uh, interpret it uh, this way, and I wasn't wrong, but it's there's probably more connections than you think, mm-hmm. or at least more um, options of connections for different interpretations. You know, uh, depending on which interpretation you kind of go with. Right. Well, you mentioned it, it's a horror movie, but did it really come off as a horror movie? It's more of a psychological, yeah, horror. Yeah, it's not like it's definitely not a traditional kind of horror movie. It's yeah. more of a susp- you know, like a suspense or psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Not even a thriller, but psychological drama, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I still say more thriller. I think there's enough kind of there's some dream sequences and things like that. There's mm-hmm. it's very mysterious. Or so, mystery, I kinda I know that's different from thriller and drama, but they right. all kind of go together. And I would think mis- mis- mysterious is more like thrilling than it is dramatic for me mm-hmm. but it's kind of splitting hairs yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah going in and thinking it's a horror movie you're probably you might have a little misplaced expectation if that's what mm-hmm. you're thinking is oh this is gonna be so scary and it's like well it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. i would say uh at times and the uh the interactions between the two actors can be little uh disconcerting uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh or maybe you get a little sense of dread hell you could call it a comedy with how many times willem defoe farts <laughs> he sure does <laughs> that's not a spoiler because i heard that everywhere there's a lot of go man- see the lighthouse for for flatulence <laughs> flatulence and masturbation <laughs> I and think that bird is hilarious. The I, seagull is hilarious. I think it's in Robert Pattinson's uh, contract that he has to masturbate in every like third or fourth movie that he makes. <laughs> yep, probably. All right, I will give it... Uh, I'm kind of in between here. In between a, eventually in a soonish. Can't remember what I gave the witch. At uh, least give it a soonish. If not a... Might have made ASAP. I'm not sure, but... I'll give it an eventually. Very high, solid eventually. Eventually. You gave it a soonish. Yes. I'm fine with keeping it soonish on the uh, website. Fantastic. It's uh, it's up there at the top of my uh, best of the year. Not mm-hmm. at the tippy top, but pretty close. 
It's it's in the running. It's as I of mean, right now. Not in the running for my favorite of the year, but top ten. It's in the running for top ten for sure. Oh wait, I should mention that I was confused as hell walking in this movie because I don't know if it was a agreement with certain a theater chain, but they played a short film before the lighthouse that yeah. was in widescreen and full color. Thought it was in the wrong theater. I did not get that. <laughs> that was. Uh, a, and I wasn't about to miss even one minute of the lighthouse, so I was like, "Well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to watch whatever the fuck's on this screen," and then it turned out to be like a nine-minute short film directed by uh, Jonathan Glazer, uh, who did Under the Skin. It was called The Fall. It was really weird. It, remind, it actually it's relevant to the topic today because I'm going to talk about Pink Floyd, The Wall, and there's various and scenes they r- and they rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, various scenes in the wall where there's people wearing fleshy masks. And in the fall, everyone is wearing a human mask. They're all like the same. Mm. They weren't as like, they were more, it was more distinguishable, but it was a generic like human face. Mm. But everyone was wearing one. It was fucking weird. (laughs) I don't think there was any dialogue. It was just like a, a mob of people attacked a single person and then like threw him down a pit that was seemed to be never ending. Yeah. So it was like Bill and Ted's bogus journey. When yeah. The, when they got sent Play to 20 hell. questions with himself when they got sent to hell. <laughs> yeah. Are you a tank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you a mineral? <laughs> Second question. <laughs> uh, what right. did you watch? Another 2019 film called Harriet and it's directed by Casey Lemons stars Cynthia Arrivo Arrivo Leslie Odom Jr. Joe Alwyn Clark Peters uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway Omar J. Dorsey Henry Hunter Hall Tim Guinea that sounds racist <laughs> I apologize to any of our Italian listeners. <laughs> That's probably all the people we need to recognize. And the synopsis is the extraordinary tale of Harriet Tubman's escape from slavery and transformation into one of America's greatest heroes, whose courage, ingenuity, and tenacity freed hundreds of slaves and changed the course of history. I was pleasantly surprised with this one. I wasn't sure what to expect going in uh it seems like a uh, bit of an oscar bait movie although it doesn't seem to be getting a lot of buzz for that mm-hmm. at least not now not since it came out yeah maybe beforehand it might have gotten some but i don't think so and i'm always a little bit wary of biopics but maybe i wasn't as educated on harriet tubman as maybe i should have been so I couldn't really pick apart a lot of the stuff that maybe not have been as accurate. I mean, like you were saying, um, there was quite a bit of buzz, I think, before this premiered at the film festivals. And then once it did, it was kind of like, uh Yeah. Because the, uh, I'm sorry, the main actress actress who plays uh, Harriet, she was in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale and Widows. And uh, she was great in those films. Cynthia Erivo. Yeah, so she's kind of an up-and-comer People really excited about it. And then I remember after it debuted, people were like, huh, 
that should have been better, especially for the subject matter <laughs> and the times we live in and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. And, uh, you know, the last movie that I saw that was kind of on the similar subject was, uh, Ble- uh, no, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. And in that one, they <laughs> took... Bit of controversy in that one. Well, they took, like, the like the first maybe three-fourths of the movie is, like, of that one is him kind of preaching why every slave should obey their master. Mm-hmm. And then at the end... You know, something triggers him to to revolt and uh, start a revolution. Whereas this one, they get pretty quick into to Harriet trying to get out, uh, get away from her owners, and uh, get to freedom. And then from there, you kind of see her kind of using her wits to go back and, and bring people back with her. Um, and some of the trials and tribulations associated with that. Um and so it's it's kind of action packed in that way. So it, like the pacing's really well, really, really well done. Mm. Um, it never seemed to be like preachy or boring. I will say, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but she seems to have a bit of a superpower that helps her in freeing slaves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they show it almost unironically. And I don't know what the story is behind that, and I'm positive that it's probably not historically accurate, at least to the extent that they portrayed it in the movie. Does she ever wear a shawl that looks like a cape? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter that I follow that uh, really kind of didn't like that part, but overall, I, th- I thought it was an enjoyable movie. Um and uh, I would say it's worth watching Harriet eventually. Eventually. So I watched a new film on the Netflix called Dolomite Is My Name from this year. It just came out a few weeks ago, I think. Directed by Craig Brewer. Starring Eddie Murphy, Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess, uh, Devine Joy Randolph, Cody Smith McPhee, Snoop Dogg, Ron. Uh, what's Snoop Dogg's real name? Uh, Do you remember? Calvin Brodus. Calvin Brodus. All right. Uh, Ron uh, Cephas Jones. Why don't they have his real name on there? It just says Snoop Dogg. For you just Raj. you just curious. Mm-hmm. Barry Shabaka Henley, T.I. or Tip Harris is in here. Linnell from uh, Borat. <laughs> She's in here. <laughs> Tasha Smith, Wesley Snipes, Chris Rock. And there's a little cameo at the end with uh, Bob Odenkirk. I was like, huh, Bob Odenkirk showed up. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, synopsis. Eddie Murphy portrays real-life legend Rudy Ray Moore, a comedy and rap pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious, obscene, Kung Fu fighting alter ego Dolomite became a 1970s black exploitation phenomenon. And we know all about it because we did two episodes on this. We covered, uh, we did a leftover for Dolomite and a leftover for the sequel, The Human Tornado. I didn't really know anything about it. The only reason I stumbled upon it is because you introduced it to me. Yeah. Now, 
Where did you first hear about Dolomite? I mean, I know we've talked about like Mad TV. You saw the sketches. Yeah. But were, were you just thinking about that one day and like, oh, I should get the movies or no, I think did you kind of see like a special on them or something? No, I think it was on TCM Underground. Okay. Because they had it. And then I watched on there and I'm like, this is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Because Mad TV had the uh, what Son of Dolomite the sketches. Son of Dolomite, yeah. But they were definitely based on the movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I found this uh, movie to be pretty fascinating. It's great to see Eddie Murphy back and doing something. You can tell he's really kind of putting his heart into it. Mm-hmm. Good performance by him. Uh, the movie's funny. I, I think I would probably think it's funnier if I hadn't seen uh, Dolomite and the Human Tornado. Yeah. Because it, you know, it goes through the making of that film, and you see, you hear a lot of the same jokes in his stand-up that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great performance. Uh, the whole cast is great. Wesley Snipes was my favorite. Is uh, Derville Martin? Yeah. Who directed Dolomite, and he was also an actor in a lot of uh, black exploitation movies, and he was in Rosemary's Baby, and he was kind of big in the. 60s and 70s. Mm. Yeah, I thought the whole cast was great. Um, Keegan-Michael Key was pretty funny, even though he was kind of playing like the straight man. Yeah, he plays Jerry Jones. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it kind of chronicles his life from uh, just before he got his Dolomite persona um, to through making Dolomite which yeah. is pretty fascinating behind the scenes stuff. Um, I can't remember what all we talked about, you know, fun facts wise and behind mm. the scenes stuff we talked about in our episodes, but some of it was pretty fascinating. I was, I just watched it last night. So I'm interested to kind of read more about it and see what was accurate. What wasn't. Yeah. Drivel Martin's kind of a crusty character. He <laughs> doesn't get along uh, the best with everyone else. So you wonder if he's, was I an asshole in real life or <laughs> what the deal was? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of hard to tell if he's just an asshole because he doesn't have respect for Rudy Ray Moore and his, his people, or if that's, mm-hmm. he's just an asshole cause he's an asshole. Yeah. Plus he has quite the substance uh, abuse problem in the movie. Yeah. Which I don't know, may or may not be accurate. Who knows? Yeah. And, he's, and as you said, there's certainly some anachronisms uh, throughout. Yeah, there's. If you haven't seen either the Dole, of the Dolomite movies or the first two, I guess um, you might not see it. But there's scenes where they're filming the first movie, but it's a scene from the second movie. Mm-hmm. And then when they actually premiere the first movie, there's more scenes from the second movie in it. And so it's like this. Fucking weird. <laughs> I can't get my head, I can't get my head past this. Mm-hmm. So, but otherwise, I liked it. You yeah. know, there's just those little things that, you know, when you do when I know too much going into a biopic, like like I said with the Harriet one, like I didn't know like a ton of specifics about her story, and they kept it pretty simple. But like, if I know like details going in, and there's things that they do in the biopic that don't they, it's not how they actually happened mm-hmm. it's hard for me to get over it yeah i don't think it's as hard for me to get over it but 
I see what you're saying. Yeah, that I mean, especially if it's something I'm really passionate passionate about. I mean, you're a big Dolomite fan. Um, I enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like everyone involved in the film kind of gave it their all. You could tell they were fans of Rudy Ray Moore growing up. Yeah, and wanted to kind of honor his legacy. You know, not just take a paycheck or something like that. You know, I thought everyone kind of gave it their all. Like I said, I think people that aren't familiar with Dolomite will find this much more funny than I did, even though there's still laugh out loud moments, I thought. But um, I think from what I've seen online that uh, that probably seems to be the case. People who don't necessarily know the story or the characters are really uh, praising the movie mm-hmm. and really think it's a, a really kind of awards worthy performances and story and all that stuff um whereas i don't know if people who are more familiar with it are also thinking that like they they think it's good but Mm -hmm. maybe not to that level yeah i wouldn't necessarily say like eddie murphy needs to be nominated for an oscar or anything like that but right i thought everything was very heartfelt and very well done so i will give it a soonish soonish what about would, you? I would do eventually. All right. Eventually. Definitely recommend it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, maybe, or as we both said, if if you have less familiarity with the character and the people in it, you might actually enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, because it's a fresh new story, and it's fucking unique. Uh, it's a crazy lot, story. If you've never stuff. heard of it, it's yeah fascinating to watch like you won't believe some of the stuff they put in their movies mm-hmm. and i forget i forgot how much money dolomite made yeah because i looked it up again while i was watching i'm like holy shit it made that much <laughs> fuck right <laughs> i mean it's still being talked about you know 40 something years later but you don't really see any uh re-releases on like blu-ray Mm, yeah, I don't know if they have it on Blu-ray. There's a handful of uh, cheaper box sets. I have one of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who owns the rights to it right now. Yeah, because they show some scenes at the end of this film, and I was like, oh, that looks fantastic, you know, in HD. Yeah. Like the sound quality, because the sound quality is kind of poor on the DVDs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yes, it's very low budget, so it's not like you're going to get pristine sound. You're not going to get 5.1. Right. They're not going to get Atmos. But, yeah, hopefully they can uh, basically criterion the shit out of it. Just Ooh. clean it up and, you know. Well, it explains, the movie, uh, or the biopic, explains a lot why there were uh, boom mics in virtually every shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'll let everybody watch it for themselves and see why. Yeah. All right, last movie for me. It's another 2019 release. It's called Motherless Brooklyn. Have you heard about this? I have. It's directed by Edward Norton, and it stars Edward Norton, along with Gugu Mbatha-Raw, Alec Baldwin, Bobby Cannavale, Willem Dafoe, Bruce Willis, Ethan Suple. <laughs> Ethan is, Embry? Who is not Ethan Embry. <laughs> he's the guy that I think is Ethan Embry, but he's not. 
He's uh, not in blind spotting. <laughs> no. He's put some LBs back on. Uh, Cherry Jones, Dallas Roberts. Let's see. Fisher Stevens is a name I recognize. Michael K. Williams, a.k.a. Fuck, why can't I? Omar, a.k.a. Omar from The Wire. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of him, I noticed him pop up in Goodfellas when I was rewatching that the other day. I go, oh, shit, there's, <laughs> there's that guy from The Wait, you're talking about the actual Omar from The Wire. I was thinking of the guy <laughs> in Cedar Rapids. Is like, I do a pretty convincing Omar from the HBO program, The Wire, who's also in The Wire but does not play he's, Omar. He's Senator Clay Davis. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. He's in Goodfellas? Yeah. I didn't know that. For a hot, for a hot minute. Is he in the scene with uh, Sam Jackson? <laughs> no. <laughs> I need to rewatch Goodfellas. We should do a stretch of gangster movies next year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Synopsis of Motherless Brooklyn. In 1950s New York, a lonely private detective afflicted with Tourette syndrome ventures to solve the murder of his mentor and only friend. Well, that's a bit of a spoiler because as soon as you see the first scene, you'll know who's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. So this is a uh, pretty old school detective noir tale. I've heard it's the Chinatown of New York. It did It did remind me a lot of Chinatown when I was watching it. I'm like, wow. Is the water supply involved? No, <laughs> but it's it's a private detective who's investigating a murder and then happens to uncover some corruption at City Hall. Goes all the way to the top. And then he's got to kind of figure out how everything's interconnected, mm-hmm. how everything kind of relates to each other i thought ed norton was fantastic it seemed like a pretty accurate portrayal of somebody with tourettes early in the movie people were laughing at it but then they uh i think they kind of figured out that oh shit that's just his uh how he is that's not for comedy or maybe it was and maybe i'm just taking it too seriously but ed norton was fantastic the story is a little bit i thought it was a little bit convoluted um with all the different aspects of the mystery. Like some things he found out too easily, and then other things like he should have been able to figure out more easily than he did. And then, you know, it was... I think that might be true for most noir films. Right. Because you watch Chinatown, and it's, oh, this is a cinematic masterpiece. And you're like, well... It's it's the best screenplay ever (laughs) written. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember when I watched it, I was like, this is the best screenplay ever written, huh? Okay, if... If you say so. I mean, they redid it for True Detective Season 2, and everybody hated that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's basically the same story. (laughs) But, yeah, and I go into most detective noir movies. Like, I don't watch a lot of them, but when I do, I'm like, I think I'm going to like it going in, and then I end up being a little disappointed, as Mm -hmm. it seems to be the, the case for most of them, which was a little bit the case in this one, although I didn't have, like, a lot of expectations for it. Like I didn't really feel one way or the other about, oh, this is going to be great or this is, you know, I went in pretty fresh, mm. I guess you could say. But even though the story I didn't think was fantastic, uh, I think it's worth seeing for Ed Norton's performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I'll give it an eventually. All right. Eventually. So now we come to the movie challenge part of the show. Our last recently seen episode, Brett challenged me to watch Pink Floyd, The Wall, the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think you have to specify the movie when you say watch Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yeah, I suppose. Plus, this is a movie podcast. If I would have said... It's a little implied. If I would have said... uh, If I came up to you at work and said, Hey, Brett, I bought Pink Floyd, The Wall the other day, you'd say... Did you listen to it in your car on the way here? No, I'd say that's Not nice. The album. I'd say that's nice and that I'd change the subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it now. Uh, without spoilers, I'll give it a rating, and then I'm going to challenge Brett to watch something for next recently seen. Although, if you spoil Pink Floyd the Wall, fuck it, it's still worth watching. Yeah. And really, like... What do you expect to happen in that movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's different. Yeah. If you're, if you're shocked at how it ends, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Th- this time, I'm mostly doing it just to stay with the format. <laughs> you need structure. You need discipline. discipline. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you for trying to teach me. Don't give up on me, Dad. Got to keep it the same way we've been doing it uh, for all the recently scenes in the movie challenge. Although we will have spoilers at the end. That's right. Yeah. So I'll uh, kind of wrap up the show. If you don't want to hear spoilers for Pink Floyd. So and then... if, you, if you've never seen or heard <laughs> The Wall. Yeah. Spoilers for The Wall will come after we wrap up the show. All right. And then after the spoilers, it, it's a hard cut. <laughs> we say check you later and then it's done. All right. So, let's get into the details here. Came out in 1982, directed by Alan Parker, starring Bob Geldof, Christine Hargreaves, James Lawrenson, Eleanor David, Kevin McKeon, Bob Hoskins. I was going to text you. I was like, is that fucking Bob Hoskins in there? (laughs) (laughs) I usually forget that he's in there, but there's been so many times that I've... I've forgotten that. I'm like, oh, yeah, Bob Hoskins is in there that I finally remembered. <laughs> yeah, he plays the his manager. Yeah. Uh, David uh, Bingham, Jenny Wright, Alex McAvoy, Ray Mort, Ellis Dale, James Hazelden, uh, Michael Ensign or Ensign. I always recognize that guy, but. Who, who, what does he play? Uh, well, for one, he's he's in Ghostbusters. He's the hotel manager. He's trying to keep everything quiet. What's he in the wall? Oh, he's um, he's the hotel manager again. <laughs> uh, so he's like trying to when he's OD. Oh, is he the one that lets him in the room? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, synopsis: A confined but troubled rock star descends into madness in the midst of his physical and social isolation from everyone. Build that wall. Build that. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically and somewhat literally. Did you know that Bob Geldof invented Live Aid? Really? Yeah. It's a fun fact. I just saw earlier that he was a lead singer of a British uh, or an Irish uh, punk rock band called the Boomtown Rats. Yeah. I've heard of them. I'm not familiar with his band. I just know that he created Live Aid. Hmm. 
Maybe that's why he's also in Spice World as himself. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously there's a lot of great music to be had with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses a couple songs from some other albums, but it's mostly just The Wall. I think those may have been written for the movie. Really? The, okay. The and then, two new ones. Because what Comfortably Numb was not in The Wall, was it? No, it was the... The, Wish uh, you were here. Or? No, no. Comfortable numb was on the wall, but the okay. the two songs that weren't was the money. The first one, money's not in the movie. It's the I, very I first song in the movie. Well, when he reads the Pinky's poems, it it's money. Yeah, that's to say. Really I know that's Dark Side of the Moon because that's that's when everything turns to color in uh, Wizard of Oz. But they have. Uh, <laughs> And I forget what it's called. It's that first one when his uh, dad is uh, like writing the letter home. That one's not on the album. And then the one when he's trying on his dad's uh, army uniform. Okay. I'm just blanking on the titles. I think one of them is called When the Tigers Broke Free. Okay. Uh, and I can't remember what the other one is. But yeah, it's kind of hard to describe, even with that synopsis. It's kind of like a series of vignettes. It's almost like a yeah. hour and 35-minute music video mm-hmm. or series of music videos. A lot of depictions of fascism, um, end-of-the-world type stuff, or I guess you know societal collapse. Yeah, There's animated segments, mostly live action, but there's some animation as well. Done by, I forget the guy's name, but he was a, I guess a famous uh, political cartoonist, did the animation. So... At uh, Geldof, is that his last name? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to talk a lot. <laughs> no. He's mo- he mostly uh, d- is dialogue free. Yeah. Mo- he d- he does sing a few times, mm-hmm. which is a little weird because most of the movie is uh, basically the, the original album music. There's a couple. Yep. There's one or there's maybe a handful of songs where they, they change some lyrics or they... There's at least one where they extended it. Um, but for the most part, other than a few songs that uh, Bob Geldof sings as the main mm-hmm. character, it's basically what you get on the album. Now, I never looked it up. Maybe you know, but uh, so why didn't Roger Waters just do it? They didn't go and get an actor. They got a lead singer of another band to oh, play I don't, Pink. I don't, why think, didn't I don't think Roger do Waters would have been good in that role. I think Bob Begaldoff, I don't know if he did any acting before that, but uh, I'm sure they auditioned a lot of people for it. Okay. Yeah, maybe he had done some acting, but I mean, I didn't see a lot of IMDb credits for acting. as mostly soundtrack or yeah, I don't himself. Th- I don't think he did much after that, but, but um, I thought he did a good job on it. Really. Yeah, it was good. Um a lot of acting, of course, with his body. Um, a lot of visual, uh, poetic flair in this film. Mm-hmm. A lot of different interpretations. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was very well made. I thought, like, it's not the type of movie that i probably watch again. Although, maybe if I was, like, I don't know, smoking weed or something, I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, otherwise I'd be like, well, I'll just listen to the album. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot of cool visual stuff you see in here. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I would definitely recommend people uh, check it out. It has garnered quite a cult following. Like if it was on TV and I was flipping through, I'd probably stop. But depending on the scene. Yeah, I love it. There's some good, uh, obviously there's great songs in there, but some great juxtapositions uh, in the vignettes as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if it's a good music video, yeah, it's a good music video. (laughs) Yeah, very ambitious. uh, Very good. I will give it an eventually. Eventually. I would agree with that. I like it a lot, but, uh, you know, it really helps to be a fan of the music. Mm-hmm. And then I know a lot of people will find it confusing, or yeah. I've heard a lot of people say it's confusing. But uh, I don't know if you listen to the lyrics and you kind of pay attention to everything that's going on. I think it makes sense. Like they jump back and forth. Like a lot of it's in flashback or in uh, like dream sequences almost. Yeah, uh, and they kind of jump back and forth um, in time. But I. I you know, I think they did a good job with it. Now, I remember seeing music video for The Wall. Like, I remember seeing the sequence with the kids and the marching in the school and all that. Yeah. And I was wondering, did they kind of release that as almost like a single music video? Because this so. would have been about yeah. the early MTV years. Yeah, I think so. So, what are they kind of split apart the movie at certain points? It's like, here's our music video for this song, you know? Well, I mean,. Like you said, it's kind of like a set of music videos mm-hmm. put together as one full movie. So it's a collage of music videos. But it's basically um, uh, another brick in the wall part two. And then the the song that comes before it always gets played with it too. I think it's called uh, The Best Days of Our Lives. So it's the song about the uh, the teachers beating the kids and then going home and getting beaten by their wives. And then it goes into the, we don't need no education. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Now we've come to the actual challenge. This is a challenge. I'm keeping you on the Bond train. And you're going to watch Goldfinger. Re- 64. Reluctantly. Apparently. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll give you a break after this one. Oh, okay. I already got lined up your next one. And it's not a James Bond film. It's a film from 2010, I think. That's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Relative. Yeah, and there's fighting involved. Uh-oh. Boxing. <laughs> You're like, oh, that boxing. <laughs> oh, God. It's, is it Southpaw? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it is not. But yeah, let's uh, kind of wrap up the show here, and then we'll get into spoilers for The Wall. Uh, please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or brett at positivelywolf1. Uh, please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. You can also check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And if you really want to help out the show, it would be great if you could support us, uh, give us a little money, and get some sweet merch in return. Yeah. And uh, Brett, why don't you fill them in on the deets? We got T-shirts, hoodies, uh, stickers, lots of stuff out there at teespring.com/stores/wtmwatchthismovie. Uh, we got a 
bunch of different designs out there. And if you use the promo code THANKS through the end of November, you get 10% off your order. It's thanks Vember. It's the time to be thankful. You say thanks, you get 10% off, and then we'll say thanks for buying our merch. Yeah. If you let us know. All right. Let's get into the wall. What do you want to talk about? Well, I would say I just want to mention, too, that the uh, the story of the wall is based mostly on the life of Sid Barrett, who is the original lead singer Pink Floyd. Okay. I didn't know it was based on him, but I did. I was looking up a little bit about Pink Floyd because I always knew Roger Waters, but I didn't yeah. know that Sid Barrett was the original yeah. front man. And like the younger version of Pink, I think is at least in part based on Roger Waters, like as far as his father dying in the war okay. and his mother being overprotective and things like that. What's up with these rock operas and like fucking dads dying in war? I know, right? <laughs> And then the uh, the grown up pink is more Sid Barrett with the uh, the mental issues. Uh, Sid Barrett uh, was manic depressive, which is now called bipolar, and I think it was exasper exacerbated by uh, LSD use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe he was institutionalized. Okay, and so most of Pink Floyd's most well-known albums are at least in part about Sid Barrett. It's like this one, Dark Side of the Moon, which you were here, pretty much all about Sid Barrett. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the backstory. And, you know, the wall itself is metaphorical. Yeah. You know, he builds a wall in his mind to protect himself from the outside world, from... You know, he got cheated on by his wife. His mother was overprotective. His teachers were abusive. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. So he starts stacking bricks. Yep. <laughs> what did you think of the trial? Which aspect of it? <laughs> <laughs> Any of it? All of it? I know. I mean, it's all How about the judge. I mean, the. <laughs> The whole movie's pretty out there. The judge is one of my favorites. Fills me with the urge to defecate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty ridiculous. The judge is a pair of legs that form an ass with the butthole as the mouth, and then the (laughs) the chin is the testicles hanging down. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, The animation with the hammers. Yeah. Now, you take that maybe two ways, like hammer and sickle, communism and whatnot, but it seemed more like they were going for a Nazi thing. Yeah. Um, so it's like to put the two hammers together, it was almost like a half swastika. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. Did you catch Greta Thunberg's cameo? <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> she was at the hammer rally where he's pointing out all the the blacks and the Jews and the gays. Okay. Put them up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture. I'll show you the picture. Maybe I'll put it on uh Twitter too. Yeah, this episode will drop Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. So Greta in like two years? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it's her older sister mad that Greta is getting all the uh attention. 
They did name a beetle after her. He used to be known as Ringo. <laughs> um, that was a joke. I know. <laughs> I was trying to think what else. Um, yeah, all the animated sequences were pretty great. I thought kind of kept a kept a nice flow going. The hotel freakout scene was. I know they, they must have spent a lot of money on props for that. <laughs> they destroyed a lot of shit. Oh yeah, where he's uh, got the groupie up there. Yep, because it was like she just like. That's one of my favorite scenes. She like, just gets up there and he just destroys everything in the apartment, or sorry, room, hotel room. And that's like that's exactly how it is on the album too. Like didn't change anything for the the musical part. Mm-hmm. I guess the actress read the lines, so that sounds a little different, but. Yeah. Like everything lyrically and musically is the same for that scene. And then remember when he calls home to his wife and her boyfriend keeps answering? Yeah. So when they that's on the album too, but when they did it, they actually made a long distance collect call from America to the UK. Okay. And so that's a real phone operator. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and she uh Here's a fun fact. <laughs> and she really was freaking out. Like, it's a man answering. I don't know. <laughs> it keeps hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that. I was like, wait. Like, I didn't jump to the point of thinking, oh, that's got to be a real person. But I was like, what, what is the yeah. point of that in there? I was like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, because it's, uh, it's showing that he's distanced himself from his wife. And his wife has kind of moved on and found yeah. somebody more better to fit more better <laughs> who can better fit her needs in a uh you know a protester you ever have that word you can't get and so he's on tour in america trying to call in to check with her and her boyfriend's answering the phone mm-hmm. so another brick in the wall yep i always like that fun fit a fun bit of trivia mm-hmm. it's a fun fact <laughs> You have any other fun facts, maybe? Um, not off the top of my head. Because you've said this is your favorite musical, right? I would probably put it up there, yeah. Okay. I don't watch a lot of musicals, but like this one and Tommy are probably at the top. So that's the thing. It is a musical, but it's also different than other musicals. Definitely, yeah. Kind of like Tommy, you know, it's a... Tommy's, I'd say Tommy's more of a regular musical than yeah, this is. Tommy's definitely more of a traditional because they re-recorded everything for the movie and then the actors themselves were singing the parts. Mm-hmm. Whereas in The Wall, they basically took the the album and then made visuals to fit it. Yeah, I just made it kind of an abstract. It's an abstract musical. Yeah. I'm going to make that a term. I don't watch musicals often, but I do like them quite a bit. I mean, I guess... The ones that I like, I really like. Yeah. But I do. I don't watch too many, but, you know, compared to like La La Land, it's like La La Land is a coherent enough story from beginning to end. Song and dance numbers. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there's song and dance numbers in this too. But it's, like I said, it's like a bunch of vignettes. Yeah. A bunch of visual poetry, abstract art, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a traditional musical, but. I mean, you got to categorize it as a musical, though. Yeah. There's song and dance numbers. 
musical. <laughs> I don't know how many dance numbers. I guess you can say the riot scenes are mm. or dance numbers or the. I was uh, saying, there wasn't that many, but there's the, a couple. Or like there the is school like scene. choreographed. I mean, there's. There's the a literal, scene is choreographed, but there's also there's a choreographed liter- dancing scene. There's a literal dance scene mm-hmm. when he's dancing at his mom's whatever waltz club. Yeah. And typically in musicals, the main characters will sing. And this one he does a couple of times, but yeah. usually he's not. Usually but, he's just laying in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How about him uh, going to shave in the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> And he comes back out, and that's when he, he passes out or ODs, basically. I thought it was weird. So the paramedics bust in. Bob Hoskins is yelling orders and whatnot. They got to get him to the show. Yeah. So they like they pick him up off the chair because he slouched down, and then they put him on the ground, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of work on him a little bit, put the oxygen mask around him. And then they get him up again, and they put him back in the chair. And I was like, what? why, why did you put him on the ground then? Just to put it back in the chair. They kept putting they the mask. Them up full of that. I'm guessing insulin. Or I mean, um, yeah, insulin probably. Some uh, sort of a '70s equivalent to the Pulp Fiction. Who knows? Shot. I I noticed this time when I watched it when they put the oxygen on him, they kept not covering his nose. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't work. Yeah, that mask was not flush with his face. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just really like it. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, it's definitely very unique and well done. Anything else you want to add? I don't know. I would say if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Mm -hmm. If you can find it somewhere, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's a big cult following, so I think there's various uh, special editions, Blu-rays and whatnot. Yeah, I got my DVD a long time ago. That's a pretty cool DVD case. I'm sure there's a bunch of special features in there. The menu was a bit weird. I know. Because like, nothing's highlighted, so you're just supposed to push a direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The menus are kind of cool, too, because there's uh, songs from their other albums on the menus. Every yeah. time you switch menu screens, it plays a different song. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Bye. Man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you lost my case.